Hi, I'm Melissa Minko, and you're listening to Love and Dating Shows. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Love and Dating Shows. This is, in fact, the season one finale episode, which is really wild to say, considering I semi-started this podcast on a whim. Uh, I'm honestly, though, really proud of how it's turned out, really happy with it, and have just been definitely enjoying the journey thus far and learning a lot. And I did want to spend a bit of time in today's episode diving into some of what I've learned by conducting this podcast, but I first do just want to take some time to acknowledge the social and civil rights movement that is gaining steam finally in our country and around the world. I chose not to speak on this platform at all or, you know, drop an episode for a couple weeks after the murder of George Floyd because as a white person, it is incredibly important that I am allowing more space and more room for black voices and black stories and black perspectives. And I also, though, want to make sure that as a white person, I am not only holding space and being quiet and listening, but that I'm also participating in a productive way. And I still have a long way to go on this and a ton to learn. And I would love it if any and all of my white listeners would join me on that journey because this work is work that really needs to be done by us. Black people should not have to, in addition to facing racism every day, do the work to also fight it. It's enough to have to face it every single day. So I just really encourage you to be thinking about and speaking about actual systemic solutions when it comes to anti-racism work. So things like actually making defunding the police and abolishing the police a real thing that can happen because right now and as long as we've known it this country and this world has not been a safe and celebrated place for black people and that is ridiculously unacceptable and there are so many systemic reasons for that all rooted in white supremacy one of them one very important aspect of them being our police system. So there are plenty of alternatives available to the current system that we have in place that is obviously not working to make a considerable part of our population feel actually celebrated and protected and safe and secure. So I'm not going to dive into, you know, what defunding the police and abolishing the police could look like on this podcast, but let's have that conversation. Let's start helping people understand that there are actually feasible, viable solutions to that. Let's also approach anti-racism work from other systemic angles. So things like buying from Black-owned businesses and, and really doing your part to make sure that you're doing your due diligence and finding those businesses and supporting Black teachers and Black politicians and Black influencers and any black person in your life who likely has not been receiving the opportunities they deserve merely because of the color of their skin. The more we address the systemic issues, but then also 
some of these immediate shorter term solutions like paying black people and supporting their businesses and their voices and perspectives, the more we are ensuring that our consideration sets include options representative of the black community as they should be represented. I, I really think we all need to be thinking about everything like an algorithm, not just social media. And the more often you bring black people, black perspectives, black businesses into your consideration set, the more quickly by mere exposure effect, the psychological principle, will it become the norm to always have a black presence no matter where you are. And once that becomes the norm, we will be eroding implicit biases, again, which are manifestations, covert manifestations of white supremacy. So please look around you and think about where more black perspective could be added because those are critical moments to be fighting racism in a systemic, sustainable way that will ensure that representation actually becomes the norm and that black people feel safe and celebrated and secure in our society as they always should have and as we've just let this go on and that really sounds passive and honestly it hasn't been passive racism is is active it's intentional a lot of times and it's awful in that way Um, but there are also passive means but the the more often and and the more frequently we start to really focus on sustainable solutions and having these dialogues and signing petitions and calling our senators and our representatives and the people currently in power, the more quickly we can really advance this movement. This should not be a moment, this should truly be a movement. And the reason I'm especially calling on my white fellow citizens is because we are the ones that really need to be doing this work. We can leverage our white privilege to really drive some positive change here. And, you know, we have access and safety in certain scenarios like protesting and being more vocal that black people don't have because of the color of their skin. So uh, just a reminder, my friend Alyssa, who was on my episode where we debriefed on Next, spoke about this on her Instagram, and I thought it was a really smart way of putting it. Anti-racism work should not feel good. It shouldn't feel gratifying. You shouldn't walk away kind of patting yourself on the back because one, these are things we should be doing uh, no matter what. Um, But two, it's not about you. It's not about me. We don't need to be sending ourselves here. We need to truly be amplifying melanated voices and giving up our platform as much as possible to black people and people of color so that, again, this becomes more of our norm because that's what it should be. So, yeah, I um, want to thank any of you who have already been doing some work, and I want to keep doing this myself. We have a long way to go. I'm learning with you. I've re-recorded this part of this episode. I, I can't even tell you how many times because... I there's just so much to say and there's so many different ways to say it but I want to communicate it as articulately as possible because that is that messaging is part of the vehicle to driving this movement forward and really advancing things so it's it's not going to feel comfortable all the time and you will mess up and I will mess up and I have messed up 
but that's also part of the process. And if you're not taking risks and you're not putting yourself in uncomfortable positions, you're not truly doing the work. So let's do this together. Message me, DM me, text me, call me. I am always open to discuss this and work with anybody and everyone on advancing the safety and security and celebration of black lives in this country and in the world. So yeah, uh, I also did want to recap what I've learned while doing this podcast so far because I've been having some really cool conversations on the topic of love and I've basically been studying love for this podcast and I first and foremost just wanted to say that one thing that has become very clear to me is that everybody struggles to define love. I send out prep documents to my podcast guests at least 24 hours before they're on. And the first question in that prep document is always, how would you define love? So they know full well before they get on this show that they're going to be asked that question. And I don't know about you all, and I don't mean to embarrass anyone that's been on my podcast, so sorry if you're listening and you've been on here, but no offense, but I haven't really been that impressed with anybody's definition yet. And it's not for lack of effort. It's I don't have a better one myself. I think it's just wild that something so universally desired and so universally felt is still this abstract and hard to define and squishy and hard to pinpoint. Because what I think is really interesting about love is the fact that we all know it when we feel it. That's something that everybody has said on this podcast and I think we can all agree. And when you hear from someone that they're falling in love with someone else, you almost get those butterflies in your stomach for them. You just, you know how great of a feeling it is. And yet, and, and we're all, so we're all kind of experiencing it and we all recognize this feeling in a very similar way. And yet no one can come up with a universal definition. And we only have one word for it in this English language of ours and it's just not sufficient. So that's been really interesting to me, especially when comparing and contrasting that with my experience with grief. And what I've learned about grief is that it is also a very universal feeling in the sense that I don't think anyone will experience a full life without experiencing grief, unfortunately. And yet it's not a universal emotion or manifestation. Like the way I've experienced grief is not the same way that anyone else, even the people closest to me that lost the same person that I did, feel it. Whereas with love, we all kind of feel it the exact same way. So they're equally universal and yet one, we struggle to define both and yet one is kind of felt in the same way no matter what and that's love. So I just basically what I'm trying to say is I cannot understand for the life of me why we can't get a super solid definition. So something to keep working on in season two, but that's what I really love about this. That's the whole point is it's something we can always be thinking about and learning more about and working on. So that was one thing that really surfaced throughout these interviews. Another thing that surfaced was that I'm pretty sure unconditional love does not really exist, but I think we try to convince ourselves that we're capable of it or that it does exist to make ourselves feel like better humans, because I think it's a very hard thing to come to terms with 
to acknowledge the fact that we will stop loving someone that we used to care very much for if they do something so or don't do something it's just interesting to me I think you've heard a lot of people on this podcast kind of grapple with that and struggle with the fact that they maybe are not capable of unconditional love but they don't want to admit that necessarily so just something to think about there and I also thought it was interesting that self-love never really came up in these conversations that's something that I do want to explore more in season two because I don't really think anyone is truly capable of loving someone else until they fully love themselves and have kind of worked through you know their trauma and their experiences and their shortcomings and just have done all that kind of ego work and eliminated their ego so or as best you possibly can because I know that's pretty much impossible but I just think self-love would be a very interesting topic to explore more in season two. I say more, but again, it really wasn't something we dabbled in in season one, and I think that's interesting. So my kind of thinking on self-love is that it comes from, or what it's kind of synonymous with, is self-trust, self-confidence, a strong sense of identity, and just kind of faith and belief in your own intentions when you know that you're always doing things with the right intent, and that's right according to you because everyone's right and wrong is very different, but when you trust your own intentions, that to me is kind of a form of or embodiment of self-love, and I would love to chat more with other people on that in future episodes. I also wanted to call out that it is Pride Month, so happy Pride Month to everybody listening. I think it's perfect that I'm closing out the season of my show during a month intended to celebrate and pay homage to real love. So I just hope that the LGBTQIA community is feeling supported and feeling lifted up and that you, my listener, are doing something to participate in that and empower the LGBTQIA plus community in any way, shape, or form that you can. So really cool to me that I'm finishing this season during a month of love. And don't get me wrong, every single month should be Pride Month, but the fact that this is a month really designated to that, it just feels cool to me that I'm wrapping this season during it. So that was another thing I wanted to bring up. And then as far as what's on the horizon and what you can expect, I definitely want to be discussing the bachelor season that will have its first black male bachelor. I'm excited that it's happening, but at the same time, I'm very annoyed that it's happening now some like 18 or 20 years after this franchise has been started and again this just shows that this the onus falls on us as viewers to really request and demand this and I know Rachel Lindsay who was the first black female bachelorette was just interviewed this past week and asked for her perspective on it and what she was saying and I couldn't agree more of course was that She's disappointed that it had to happen right after the murder of George Floyd and right after all of these protests really started happening because it feels a bit exploitative. It feels like it's pandering and it feels like it took this much 
for the franchise to listen. So again, we need to be asking for this earlier. We need to be requesting this. We need to be supporting black culture and black shows and shows with black people in them so that again, it becomes our norm and it doesn't take 20 years for a franchise to have its first black bachelor. That's just ridiculous. So, but we'll definitely be talking about that season. That will be the first full season that I watch. So excited for that kind of, because I just, that show has a lot of problems with for me, but excited that, you know, it's a momentous occasion for the franchise at least. I also want to be unpacking Dating Around now that season two just came out on Netflix. I think that's a really fun show to discuss just in terms of why people choose certain people and, you know, the dynamics on a first date, all that good stuff. I also will be diving into an episode of Modern Love selected by my friends Josh and Andrea. We have been kind of prepping for that back and forth, uh, and then I pushed it to season two because we just didn't get our act together. So stay tuned. It's not technically a dating show, but it is a show about people's dating experiences and falling in love experiences. So we're counting it. And then what's completely not a dating show is the Museum of Broken Relationships, which is the most pivotal museum I've ever experienced. It's originated in Croatia. There's now one in LA as well. And I would love to see one happen in Chicago and New York, et cetera. Um, I'll put a, a link in my show notes to their Instagram account and to their website because it's super cool. But basically it is a museum that hosts relics that people contribute from their past relationships and just kind of symbolic of the ending. And my friend Kate will be on to discuss that with me because she went to that museum with me and we had the most magical two hours of our life crying and laughing and thinking about how and, and realizing how the end of a relationship is just as important as the beginning in the middle. And that's something that was really kind of missing from all of season one of this show. So I would love to dive deep into broken relationships or relationship endings and assess those. I also want to get into normal people on an episode of this show. I think that book is the most accurate literary portrayal I've ever read other than Fates and Furies. I'd say those two are tied, which was recommended to me by Kate as well. Um, I think those are the two books I've read that most accurately capture what love feels like. So I definitely want to discuss normal people, less so the book and more so the Hulu series that it became just because I I like this to be um, a podcast that's dedicated to more so shows because, you know, it's called Love and Dating Shows. <laughs> but um, it, it technically wasn't a dating show, but I still think just the way it explores love and the way that it conveys it is a really interesting one for us to unpack. Then I want us to talk about 90 Day Fiance because even though I feel that that show is incredibly problematic, it is definitely a part of our culture right now. So it's a moment that needs to be addressed on a dating show podcast. So, you know, just doing what I have to do for this show. And then finally, I want to talk more Love Island because I've now finished both seasons of the Australian version and I want to do some kind of cultural comparisons and I'm going to be starting Love Island US tonight. So I'll have a lot more kind of cultural perspective or differentiation to discuss 
and I just will never shut up about Love Island. So why wouldn't I continue to talk about it on a show I created about dating shows? So anyways, those are what you can expect around the corner, probably sometime in September. I want to spend some time promoting these previous episodes and just giving people a time to catch up because honestly podcasts kind of took a backseat during the pandemic when it comes to people's listenership and I want to give you all a chance to catch up before we get into some more good stuff in season two but I really do just want to thank you for listening this is very much a, a pet project of mine and hobby and just passion it's something that I have a lot of fun doing and honestly if nobody listened I'd still be happy but the fact that people actually do listen is even more fulfilling and special to me. So super grateful to you. Thank you, truly, from the bottom of my heart. I love you for listening. And I just wanted to close out by dedicating this episode and rededicating every episode in the past, which I I kind of did in my first episode, but still. Also, if you haven't been taking shots for the word episode at this point, you should have been because it's wild how many times I've said that. But as you know, I don't really edit these. So you're going to hear me really reconciling with that. Anyway, um, I just want to really dedicate this to my dad, who, as I mentioned before, passed away six years ago and was a radio DJ and was a very theatrical lively person and I just love that I've been able to pay tribute to his legacy through this podcast so I purposely ended up doing my last episode or releasing it on Father's Day in his honor and I also just want to say if this is a hard day for you whether that's because you've lost your dad or because you never really had any sort of father figure in your life I hear you, I see you, I am with you, and I will catch you in season two. Well, that's all I've got this season. Thank you so, so much for being here.